0: Nine eight, side booster ignition six five four three
1: two one. That's it.
0: Welcome to your online coffee break, where we discuss bite-sized topics that inspire, educate, and entertain. Here's your host, a software innovator, award-winning marketer, and astronomy and space buff, Chuck Fields. Hello, thanks for joining me today for your online coffee break. Today I'd like to welcome to our show my special guest, Tim Fernholz. Tim lives in Brooklyn, New York, and is a reporter at Quartz, where he covers space, the Economy and Geopolitics. He's the author of a recently released book, Rocket Billionaires, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos and the New Space Race. For this book, Tim obtained exclusive access to top executives at SpaceX, including Elon Musk himself. Welcome to the program, Tim.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Oh, my pleasure. Tim, I've really been enjoying your new book, Rocket Billionaires. Um, As a reporter, I understand you've been covering topics on space as well as the economy and geopolitics for quite some time. But what made you decide to write this book?
1: Uh, You know, it seemed like a story that uh, ought to be told and deserve, you know, the kind of treatment you can do in a a book length. Uh, You know, I was really surprised when I first started covering the U.S. space program and the U.S. space industry. You know, I would ask people, I'm new to this beat, you know, what's the best book about the recent history of this stuff? And there was never an answer. Uh, Everyone was like, well, I don't know. So it just seemed to me. There's a lot of really fascinating stuff going on, uh, and I happen to believe and sort of argue we're at an inflection point in how humans go to space, and uh, it turns out it's, it's a crazy story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it really is. You know, one thing I loved is in the book, you described the first time you met Elon Musk, and I believe you actually held up uh, sort of a child sign as sort of an icebreaker. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about that experience?
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't actually the first time I, I had met him, but okay. it was one of the interviews um, for this book and uh, so I was scheduled to talk to Elon after he gave uh, a speech, basically, at a big research conference uh, that NASA holds every year about the International Space Station. Uh, and so a lot of people had come to that to hear Elon speak. And there was um, a lot of people who are just fans of his. You know, a lot of people are very inspired by what he's doing. And uh, a couple kids had made homemade signs to bring and pulled up for Elon, and they had given them to his chief of staff afterwards as kind of a present. And so while I was waiting to uh, interview Elon, we saw saw these signs and we were just looking at them and joking about them. And when Elon came out, I held up one that said, Elon, can I please ask you a question? And I don't think he quite got the joke. He was uh, <laughs> at a, a stressful point at that moment. But, uh, you know, I like to, to make an impression when I meet people.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine that. You know, one thing I really enjoy, too, is the chronology throughout the book. You know, how you trace the growth of this new space race Alongside the other issues facing our society, you know, such as the dot-com bust in 2009-11, the loss of Columbia space shuttle, and you know how hard it was for the private industry to compete for the lucrative government contracts. Where do you see the future going?
1: It's a very exciting time. I am sure many people saw the Falcon Heavy launch that SpaceX did in January, right. uh, excuse me, in February this year, mm-hmm. uh, which was their largest rocket, in fact, the largest operating rocket in the world. Uh, and we're getting to a point where private industry has the capability uh, and even do some things that governments can't do. Mm-hmm. And the government side, the space agencies, are trying to figure out what the role is in exploring space, how to leverage what these private companies are doing, but still protect uh, public interest in, in orbit and beyond. Hmm.
0: Was this your first book?
1: Oh yes it was. <laughs> Does it show? No, 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 not at all.
0: No, I just wondered, oh my gosh, for me from a first time book writer, I mean I know you've been a reporter for years, but what was the tough toughest part for you about getting your book published?
1: You know, there were a lot of tough parts. I mean just writing it was, was difficult. You know, it was the longest you know, the longest thing I've ever written prior to this was probably, you know, for publication, five or six thousand words long. Okay. So this book ended up being almost ninety thousand words long. So a lot of proofreading going on there. <laughs> A lot of proofreading, a lot of fact-checking, but a lot of just, I don't know, this may be the now writerly concern, but for me, a lot of it was wondering in Chapter 4 how much I should expect readers to remember from Chapter 1 and how much I should remind them of things. Right. And that's maybe boring, but I mean, the hardest thing probably, actually, uh, these – companies are privately owned and they are uh, pretty secretive about what they do for reasons of protecting their intellectual property, for reasons of competitive secrecy, uh, for reasons of avoiding embarrassment when their rockets blow up. Sure, So it could be difficult at times to get the inside story from people at these companies. And I was lucky to develop relationships with sources who would talk to me about what was happening behind the scenes, which was really helpful. But that was definitely the biggest thing was especially as you got close to these billionaires. You know, what's great about NASA and even big publicly traded space companies like Boeing or Lockheed Martin, mm-hmm. you know, they are definitely willing to talk to you more about what's going on, whereas SpaceX and especially Blue Origin are very buttoned up.
0: Oh, I could imagine they are. What or who surprised you the most during your research or interviews?
1: I guess one of the things that surprised me was finding out how kind of cyclical this is that a lot of these ideas and businesses people tried them in the past and they failed and what was interesting for me was thinking about you know in the 1980s there was a big boom of private space companies the um, president of apple computer started a space company right a former apollo astronaut started a private rocket company And they never got off the ground. Uh, And then in the 90s, there were very ambitious schemes to broadcast satellite internet that also failed. And now ideas like that are raising billions of dollars in uh, our current space market. And so it's been really interesting sort of saying, oh, actually, these aren't new ideas. What's new maybe is our technology or our organization and how people can actually execute them.
0: I know there's a lot. You said like 90,000 words in the book. Can you share something that didn't make it into the book?
1: Well, a couple of things. Uh, you know, I didn't get to spend as much time in the book as I wanted to on Virgin Galactic, which is Richard Branson's space company. Right. Uh, they've been trying to build a space plane since about 2004, 2005. They've lost some of their colleagues, uh, which has been pretty tragic. Right. But they've also persevered, and, and this year they hope to fly their uh, their space plane up to space with people in it again for the first time in a while. Um, so that's that's pretty exciting. I guess Maybe the other thing that I didn't get to spend as much time on as I would have liked... I got a chance to tour Blue Origins factories in Florida and in Washington towards the end of my reporting. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really interesting things that they're working on there for the new Glenn rocket that Blue Origin wants to fly in 2020. And I didn't get to talk uh, as much about that as I wanted to. They have some really cool things like an enormous oven for baking carbon fiber shells oh, for their rockets wow. uh, where you could bake millions of cupcakes. I was told, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I hope at least that I, put all the interesting stuff in the book.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it did. Again, I think it's great. What drew you into a career about writing about space, among your other topics?
1: Yeah, I... Yes, you know, the answer is I couldn't do anything else. Uh, I'm kind of a, uh, a news junkie and a big leader and a reporter. You know, I started off my career actually as a political reporter, and I started writing about SpaceX because it seemed like a cool private company, but also connected to the government, which was the world that I knew. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's just impressive what they've been able to do. These companies doing things that either the status quo says is not possible or not worth doing, Or that just people haven't had the courage to attempt before. Looking at these billionaires spending so much money to do these space things, uh, you know, there are a lot of critics who will say, you know, they're focusing on something more important to humanity's near-term problems. But I sort of look at how many incredibly wealthy people there are in the world who are not doing anything at all or just sort of sitting on their money or
0: sort of (laughs)
1: exploiting people or whatever. And these guys, you know, if I had a billion dollars, I would be, you know, on a private island somewhere enjoying my Mai Tai. But, you know, these guys are... Spending time and money, you know, PISOS and Musk both, as well as being incredibly talented business strategists, are also deeply involved in the technology at these companies. They mm-hmm. know a lot about rockets through a kind of a self-education program they both went through. Absolutely, That kind of dedication is impressive to me. And when you look at what the U.S. space program is doing now and what is most promising about it in the future, mm-hmm. a lot of that will be enabled by these companies. So I think it's, a, it's an important public good as well. I agree. Is
0: there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about your book?
1: Uh, what I would say is uh, we're, uh, we're about to be in a very exciting time space this year we could see boeing and spacex two private companies fly astronauts for the first time into orbit uh that would be uh, a historic first um like i said virgin galactic is trying to fly people this year blue origin is hoping to fly people in its new Shepard rocket this year and all of that is going to happen and there's going to be a lot of exciting news coverage about it and if you want to know how we got here i think reading rocket billionaires is the way to understand it
0: i would totally agree with that definitely going to be an exciting year Thanks to your book. It's going to just really motivate, I I think, this whole world just to really embrace these uh, new pioneers. Tim, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, and I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Tim's new book, Rocket Billionaires, is out now and available at your favorite retailer. For more information about Tim or to read his other articles, please visit qz.com. Well, that's what we have today for your online coffee break. I hope you found this episode helpful and appreciate your feedback. If you know someone else who could benefit from this information, please share this episode with them or send them to onlinecopybreak.com. Thanks again for taking your coffee break with us today.
1: See you next time.